0: You are a Locked On Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome into the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Bastianni with you after a very long night at the ballpark for the Atlanta Braves, but ultimately a very good Day at the ballpark for the Braves, or night, or evening, if you prefer, all of the above, really, if you think about it. Because there was a little bit of a delay, then the Braves got down to the business of winning a baseball game against the New York Mets by a six-four score to open up this three-game series at Truist Park. Uh, as always, we're going to get into all the particulars of this game, and there were some interesting things going on, not just on the scoreboard, not just on the mound, some things in the dugout that were kind of interesting, and of course, we'll get you set up for Game Two of the series coming your way. On Wednesday. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. And if you like what we do here and uh, would be so nice as to tell a friend, we'd appreciate that. Also, if you'd just like to go ahead and hit that like button, we'd appreciate that as well. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast Jake, this one I think was a, a really intriguing matchup between these two teams. We know what the history is, we don't need a refresher course on that. Obviously, both teams have their eyes set on winning the National League East. The Braves have gotten off to a much better start here in 2023. The Mets are still, I think, trying to find themselves in a lot of ways, and this was a game that was kind of a microcosm of how the seasons have gone for these two clubs so far.
0: Yeah, it's almost the reverse of last year, where the Mets obviously got out to a hot start, and the Braves were just kind of hovering around 500, trying to find themselves as well. But would rather be in the position the Braves are right now, and what a fun game uh, this one was. Obviously, anytime you beat a division, Opponent division rival like this, in the fashion the Braves did, scoring five unanswered to do so—a really fun way to win a ball game.
1: Yeah, nice little rally for the Braves to answer what was an untimely and unusual rally against Bryce Elder. Let's jump inside the box score and the line score for this game. It's the 60th of the year for the Braves, who are now 36 and 24 after picking up the win. Mets take the loss, dropping under 500. They're 30 and 31 on the season. New York four runs, four hits, one error, two men left on base. Braves six runs on 10 hits, one error, no men, or excuse me, six men left on base, two left on base for the Mets. Uh, I believe I have my math backwards there. If I didn't, and thanks for bearing with me. Winning pitcher in this one is Bryce Elder. He is 4-0. I can't confirm that. Drew Smith took the loss in relief. He drops to 3-2, and Ryan Iglesias had his eighth save. We had to wait around a little while. I was at the ballpark early on, and it was uh, very, very rainy about 90 minutes before the game. And then they thought there might be some more. So the tarp stayed on the field for about an hour and change. And then an hour and 40 minutes after the delay, we had a two hour and 38 minute ball game in front of 37,365 paying customers. And they got to see Bryce Elder on the mound. And Jake, I thought that this showed some toughness for Bryce because he has not really been uh, you know, prone to giving up the home run ball. He had that one odd start against the Marlins where he gave up three solo homers, had only given up one homer outside of that game gave up two in the same inning to the New York Mets, then found a way to just kind of get himself back on track after that troublesome third inning. Tossed six, uh, allowed the four runs, a couple of walks, four hits, eight strikeouts for him. I thought that this was kind of, uh, if you're looking for different things that Bryce Elder is, has done right, I think being able to dig down and bounce back, and I believe it was Tom Glavin on the broadcast that said, all right, well, now you have to make sure they just don't score anymore. And I thought Bryce did a great job of that. This was, to me, one of
0: the more impressive starts of the season so far for Bryce Selder. I mean, he honestly made two mistakes to two of their most powerful hitters, and they didn't miss them. I absolutely got crushed for a couple of two-run homers. And you know what this Mets lineup does. They're going to try to work the counts, you know, wear you down, and hope that you make a mistake. And he did in that inning. But outside of that and outside of those two pitches, I thought this was one of his more dominant outings. You look at the eight strikeouts at season high for him only bested by when he had 10 and a start last year mm-hmm. he had 14 swings and misses 17 called strikes in this game so I thought it was great and talk about that pitch count I mean it was up early and then he's able to get through that rough inning where he gave up the two run homers and then still get you through six innings I mean I thought Bryce Elder showed a lot in this outing to me and again I know a lot of people are going to look at the the line score they're going to say he gave up four in runs but I thought this was one of his better outings of the season
1: yeah, I hate to use this word because sometimes it gets, a, I think, a knock, but I thought it was some grittiness about this for Bryce Elder just being able to say, okay, well, you know, those are the things that happened. I can't control that anymore, but I can get locked back in, and I thought he did a really nice job of that. Again, six innings, four earned runs, four hits, two walks, eight strikeouts to two home runs, two run shots in the same frame. I believe it had all been solo homers in the prior four allowed by Bryce Elder this season, and let's just talk about that. This guy did not give up very many home runs, as I mentioned earlier, so it was very odd to see two in the same inning i think he'd probably want the walk back before Mm -hmm. the uh, home run the second home run the alonzo home run which trust me we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on it gave the mets a 4-1 lead at that point after the lindor two-run shot the alonzo two-run shot the mets didn't get anything else after that the Braves bullpen came in and did its job as well uh i thought jesse chavez aj minter and rice el iglesias looked as as locked in as as you could possibly ask for. And maybe there's some signs, Jake, I think of, I know the Braves bullpen has been the subject of much consternation and hand-wringing at times this year. I think this is a better group than it's shown at times and maybe a little bit underrated at times as well. But if they can turn the corner here and really start to get on a roll, this is a group that's going to help the Braves do exactly what they did tonight. Keep it close. Let the offense go to work.
0: And there was a reason coming into the season we thought this could be one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. I mean, those guys are still there. They just haven't performed. I thought it was a huge night for A.J. Minter on the mound, getting that call in the eighth inning, going up against the top of their order. I thought that showed a lot of confidence right now with A.J. Minter. Look, he's been pitching in a lot of lower leverage situations. Snickers has been kind of picking his spots with him. But to go to Minter there, I thought that showed a lot of of confidence in him, and he came through. He had a really good strikeout, one of the best cutters I've seen from him mm-hmm. in a while, so I thought it was a really good game for A.J. Minter and then Rysel Iglesias, you know, just going straight after hitters in that ninth inning, not putting any stress on it, not, uh, you know, giving the Mets any kind of hope there, mm-hmm. and then Ch- Jesse Chavez doing doing what he just does. I don't, I don't know what else to say about him at this Incredible. point, but uh, he gets the job done. So, yeah, great work from this bullpen. Hopefully they're turning a corner and becoming that – that great bullpen we all thought they could be
1: yeah and we knew aj mentor was going to have to be a big part of that he was without question the braves best overall reliever last year i went back into fan and started looking up best single seasons as far as relievers in braves history the list has craig Kimbrel on there a couple of times john smoltz on there a couple of times and sandwiched in there is aj mentors 2022 in terms of fan wins above replacement he was an extremely valuable pitcher for them last year and he needs to be one again this mm-hmm. year I chatted with him before the game, and I said, hey, you're starting to rack up a few there, and it's four consecutive coming into this one scoreless. This makes five consecutive scoreless outings for A.J. Mentor. I know, as you mentioned, Snit's been trying to use him in some situations where maybe it just starts to give him opportunities to get a little bit of that momentum, start feeling like himself again. This is a key reliever, a key piece of the Braves roster, no question about it.
0: Yeah, because I honestly thought they'd go to Nick Anderson there in the eighth inning. He's been getting that that inning a lot. You did have the lefties coming up, so it made sense to go to Minter, but with just what we've seen from him earlier in the year, we really haven't seen Snicker give him that opportunity here lately. So, again, I think that's huge for this bullpen because, as you mentioned, in order for it to be as good as it needs to be, you have to have A.J. Minter. I mean, he's your only lefty right now. you got to have a guy you can trust and be as dominant as he's been, but also somebody that can come in and get through those lefties in the lineup in a clutch, you know, seventh, eighth inning situation like this. So I thought that was one of the bigger developments, at least long-term for the Braves on this night, that he had the confidence to go to Minter against those lefties in the eighth inning in a one-run game.
1: Yep, I agree, and A.J. was able to answer that call and pass that test, and hopefully, again, he continues to pile these things up and starts feeling like himself again because the Braves needed him to get back on track. They needed Russell Iglesias to get healthy and start doing the things that they brought him over to do, and both those things seem to be working these days, and I don't know what else you can say about Jesse Chavez. He just figures (laughs) out a way to get it done, and that's just, you know, as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, that's the bottom line on that one. We're going to talk a little bit about the Braves' offense and, of course, the four-run sixth inning to put the braids on top, and I want to let you know this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you need to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can always switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB. Today, get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P slash locked on LockedOnMLB. Uh, the Braves got some help from their offense in the sixth inning. It was exactly, I think, what you needed to see, Jake. They had the solo home run from Ozzie Albies early on, his 13th of the year, another from the left side of the plate. Very nice to see those. But you needed to get some hits with runners on, and Atlanta was able to finally solve Carlos Carrasco as they went a few times through the order, and we know how that tends to work. Matt Olson with the walk to get it started, a Riley double, a Sean Murphy double chases both those guys home. Then it was a two-out big knock from Marcelo Zuna, kind of redeeming himself, I'm sure, from what was a little bit of embarrassment in Arizona, getting taken out of the game for not hustling out of the box on a what should have been an extra base hit for him there. Well, he gets the extra base hit here, the double that ties it up. And Orlando Arcia finds himself in another big moment for the Braves, comes through with a go-ahead single. Braves had another one a little bit later as Ozuna knocked in his second run of the night. But this was the offense with guys getting on base, the timely hits and things going right for the Braves. And for a lot of people, and I get this a lot on Twitter, by the way, you know, well, the Braves, if they don't hit home runs, they can't score runs. That has been a problem at times. This was one of those nights, though, that hopefully is the start of reversing that trend and, you know, manufacturing some runs and as Snit and Bobby Cox before him like to say, keep that line moving. I
0: think this is a continuation of what we saw in Arizona, where the offense really started to get going, and it's up and down the order. Everybody had a hit except Michael Harris, who struggled in this one, but he did have a hard hit ball. His last at-bat was a really good swing. Unfortunately, just went right to somebody, but everybody in the lineup had at least one hard hit ball. I mean, this is the offensive lineup we've been looking to see and that we have saw at times early in the year is they keep coming at you and they had opportunities earlier they didn't come through sean murphy in particular had a couple of spots in in his first two at bats and didn't come through but he gets another opportunity in his third at bat jumps all over a first pitch changeup, drives it into the gap right there to make it a four to three game so that's what this offense can do to you it's Mm -hmm. up and down the order and they just keep coming and you just know that eventually somebody's going to get that big knock they're going to get that big home run and that's when this offense is really clicking and i think we're starting to see that again i think it started in arizona yep. i mean they continued it into this game it's just up and down the order they're going to keep coming keep getting opportunities you give them enough chances at some point they're going to put up a crooked number
1: and that's exactly what they did tonight four runs in the sixth inning gave the braves that five four lead as i mentioned they tacked on some insurance right so iglesia slammed the door then jake you talked about up and down the lineup everybody but michael harris with a base hit Austin Riley, two out of three, was hit by a pitch. He doubled, scored a run. And Orlando Arcia, two for three, had a walk, and of course knocked in the go-ahead run. So a couple of guys that really came up big on the Atlanta infield and in the Atlanta lineup on this night. As you look into the National League East standings, you'll find the Braves at the top as they are now, what, 12 games over 500 after winning the series in Arizona, bouncing back from the loss in Oakland, and now taking game one of this three-game set against the New York Mets. Miami Marlins, though, they are red hot. They're in second place. They're only three games back. Mets, though, have lost four in a row now as they slip under 500 on the season. It's been a challenging year, but I, I got to point it out because like, I got to wonder because I I got no problem with people admiring the home runs and all the things that go with that. If you hit it that far, you can take a look at it. Just make sure it goes over the wall. I think we covered that over the weekend in Arizona. But Pete Alonso shouting at Bryce Elder from the dugout might have been one of the more odd things I've seen all year for a couple of different reasons. Number one, Bryce Elder is one of the most soft-spoken goes about his business kind of guys. And I know that he likes to attack the edges of the strike zone. And there were some liberal calls, I think, on the strike zone, you know, on both sides of the plate for both pitchers. But it's it's Bryce Elder. He'd never faced the Mets before. I didn't really understand what the cause was for that. There was a really weird ejection in that third inning as well. Eric Chavez, the Mets hitting coach, got thrown out. I don't know what all was going on, but there was a a lot of of chippiness and and a lot of chirping going on. I saw Tyler Matzik had a little bit of an answer for that later on. But Pete Alonzo screaming, throw it again I guess in reference to the slider that he hung to Alonzo for that home run really one of the more bizarre things I've seen it's not like there's no story between these two teams but what in the world was that
0: yeah I think we all know at this point P Alonzo's maybe a little bit different of a character and yeah. I I know I know that he gave up two home runs on the slider that's not the pitch you want Bryce Elder to throw it is by far his best pitch and even on this night he, he got 10 whiffs on that slider on 19 swings. He got 17 whiffs plus called strikes on 35 sliders thrown. That's not the pitch you want Bryce Elder throwing. Great. Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes there to some really powerful hitters. As, you know, as weird as Pete Alonso is, he is definitely a good home run hitter. He nearly hit three home runs mm-hmm. on the night, but – That slider's not the pitch you want Bryce Heldor to keep throwing again because more often than not, it's been really great for him this year. It's been an amazing pitch for him. But weird scenario there for sure uh, in that inning. And, again, I think weird is probably the word to use here when we're discussing Pete Alonso.
1: Yeah, that might be the word of the night as far as that back and forth was. It just I had to kind of rewind it to watch it again. I'm like, wait, so what's happening here? Who are we yelling at? Why are we yelling? I mean, be happy that you're scoring because they were. At that time, up by a 4-1 score after that home run. You're trying to break a losing streak. You just got swept. A lot of different things that could be turning around there. I just didn't really understand. I mean, the ejection of Chavez, I still haven't heard exactly what went on there. I'm sure we will by the time we you know get off here and, and, and read the recaps and stuff from overnight. But it'll be interesting to hear the qualifications that come from Pete Alonso about what in the world that was. Because I'm sure the New York press is going to ask about it. That's a, a thing that they like to do. And I am genuinely curious as to what exactly that whole thing was about. But I love Tyler Matzik. He's still around the team. He's working out. He's out with Tommy John surgery, but he was just seen on the dugout rail there, just kind of, you know, motioning and pantomiming again. Throw it again. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, as far as what's going on again for the Braves, they will meet the Mets uh, on Wednesday for Game Two of this series. And uh, before we get to that, I want to let you know about another great sponsor of ours here on the Braves Postcast, and that, of course, is Bird Dogs. They bring you this episode. Uh, bird dogs the most comfortable functional versatile shorts you'll ever find they feel great they fit great try these out find out for yourself go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb enter the promo code locked on mlb and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order again birddogs.com slash locked on mlb let's talk about game two of this series it's going to be a good one between a couple of veterans starting pitchers Charlie Morton on the mound for the Braves. Coming off, I thought a good start in Arizona. Offense wasn't able to back him up, though. He's 5-6 on the year, 362 ERA, 39 years of age. On the other side, we got Max Scherzer, 5-2 on the year, 38 years old with a 321 ERA. We know all about Max Scherzer. We've seen him pitch in the National League East for a long, long time now, and we've seen what Charlie's been able to do for the Braves this year. I think this is just another case of go out there, try to keep the club in the game, and see what the Braves can do. Maybe they come to life in the middle for later innings again. I
0: think both teams would have said coming into this series, if we can win that first one, we feel pretty good about winning one of the next two with the pitchers we have on the mound. So fortunately, the Braves won that one, you got Morton set up now and then Strider in your next two games. So as a Braves fan, I think you gotta feel pretty good about your chances, even though even though you're going up against some really good pitchers that the Mets have. Sure, there's been really good over his last four starts so it's going to be a tough test for this Braves offense which has been swinging the bat better a lot here lately as you mentioned I thought that start Charlie Morton had in Arizona was really good ends up going seven innings gave up a couple of runs in that first inning a couple of soft singles led to a few runs there but then after that I thought it was really good work from him so hopefully he can build off that and hopefully that Braves offense can get to Max Scherzer get him out of the game and go ahead and wrap up the series
1: That sounds like a pretty good recipe for success. You'd like to score early, score often. The Braves have an incredible record when they do score early. If they could get to Max Scherzer in the, you know, first inning, that would certainly bode well because sometimes if you don't get him at that early stage of the game, you might not get him again. But as we saw, the Braves also can do a little bit of work when they get in the middle inning third time through the order and also against a New York bullpen that, you know, has, um, you know, I think had some challenges just like the Braves bullpen has this year uh, to be honest, but we'll find out how game two plays out. It's a 7:20 PM Eastern time. First pitch at Truist park, Charlie Morton against Max Scherzer in game two of this three game series. That'll bring us to the end of the Braves postcast. part of locked on sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube, click the bell to get notified whenever we drop a new episode and make sure you hit that like button and tell a friend about the Braves postcast. We like to bring as many of these to you as we can throughout the season, and we appreciate you being along for the ride with us, and we appreciate you subscribing to Locked On Braves where you'll get the postcast and all the other great content Jake has for you all season long. Once again, a 6-4 win for the Braves over the Mets on a very, very intriguing night at Truist Park. We'll see what game two has in store for us. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time. So long.